how about that? I'm paid as Oprah, think I may have broke the scale cause the wait is over. Wait, hold up cause they say I almost, I almost lost it. I had to reach back, back and lock it. You almost got me. I had to reach back, back and lock it. Welcome back to another episode of the Slasher Sanitarium. I'm your host, Troy. It is episode four of Netflix's Lock and Key. This episode is entitled The Keepers of the Keys. So as we know from last episode, Kinsey doesn't have fear anymore. So I expect her to just run through the school, titties flopping in the breeze. But let's see what happens. Kinsey starts off with her morning routine, and apparently this time it includes dyeing her hair pink and purple. Uh, not all of it, just some streaks in the back. She makes a bunch of breakfast for everybody. There's pancakes and eggs. I don't know why you would make both. There's only four of you there. Nina says she looks more like herself with her good hair colored fun shades. So this is actually a normal occurrence for her. Nina says that Kinsey has picked a picture for her application, and she says, and Kinsey says, I'll take care of that because organization was dad's deal and Nina's was always too busy working on art and fixing up houses so yeah that's what Nina is good at not being a parent or anything so Nina fucks off and Tyler asks why she went from being passive aggressive to being outwardly aggressive that's a nice way of putting she was being a dick Kinsey tells him as soon as they get to school which is that weird fucking thing where like conversations stop and then they pick up at a completely different spot that obviously took like 20 minutes to get to but she tells him that she took her fear out and buried it in the woods tyler tells her she has no idea what that might have done two cunts make fun of kinsey's hair and she just tells him thanks i happen to like pink and purple streaks in her hair now tyler is 100 correct here because she has no fucking clue what that could have done to her. Like, if she removed her fear, it could have easily removed other things. Like, maybe that monster also was like, I'm the fear and also the breathing without thinking about it monster. And now, yeah, good luck with that. Apparently, Kinsey made a movie poster for the splattering. And she says she wants to come back if they will have her. Scott is sad, but Kinsey apologizes for standing him up. She says she will make it up to him, though. Sounds like a blowy to me. Kinsey says she wants his dick, and they should hang out. She then invites him to Key House, where she will let him open her locked cunt. Did I get that metaphor right? I'm not really good at them. Nina talks about Ellie, talks with Ellie, not about. Uh, she talks with Ellie and complains about her daughter. Ellie's son has a mental disability, but sure, let's talk about your snarky daughter making you sad. Nina asks to speak with some of Rendell's friends, like Aaron and Mark. Ellie says that Aaron is at a psychiatric hospital, because something occurred a couple years ago, and Mark is currently Cajun-style, so that won't be an avenue for her to go down either. Ellie is the only one left from the group not dead or crazy. Ellie says they always hung out in the ping-pong room, and Nina is like, what the fuck is the ping-pong room? So they go downstairs, and Ellie starts looking around. 
and sees a wall where apparently the ping-pong room used to be. So they proceed to break down the wall, and they find an entire room hiding behind there. Not just an entire, like, small little room. Like, a full-on, like, half of a basement is just, like, blocked off. And, like, you think that you, when you walk down there, you'd be like, this is a really small basement for such a gigantic fucking house. It's almost like there's maybe a large part that is blocked off. Ellie starts looking around and Nina calls her out on it, but Ellie plays it off that she's not looking for something. Also, who boarded up this room? I thought that Duncan was the only person that's been kind of like taking care of it. And why would somebody do that? Weird. Like, Nina asks about the Omega symbol, but Ellie says she doesn't know anything about it. And honestly, like, stop letting the shady bitch wander around your house. She's clearly searching for something. You have caught her a few different times now, like, looking through your shit. Like, knock it off. An unseen woman goes to visit Aaron in the psychiatric hospital. The woman is called Chastity, and we see that it is actually the Wellhouse woman. She sits down and clips Aaron's fingernails. I don't know what that's about. Uh, and she asks, what happened to you? Chastity, or Chastity, I think it's Chastity, says your old friend, old boyfriend Rendell is dead, but Mark's also dead, but neither were her fault. She says she needs to figure out how to get inside Aaron's head. If only there was a key that allows you to do that. So, clearly there's something inside of her head that... Um, you know, helps, or, or that'll help her along her way. So now we have, like, a, a reason for her wanting another one of the keys. She knows the head key exists. She knows that it has been used because she watched Kinsey pull something out of her fucking head. And, yeah, so. Tyler goes looking for Jackie and instead finds Joe. Joe starts complimenting Tyler on beating the fuck out of a teenager. Joe says he is going to be the next light heavyweight boxing champ, but he does he did a sneaky combo during a sparring session that completely missed, and his sparring partner destroyed him. And while he was laying there, he decided that he instead wanted to be a teacher. Joe asks where Tyler's friends are, and Tyler says that he's trying something new. And Joe says, new things can be good. A.K.A. leave those losers in the dust. Bodhi finds Rufus sweeping up, and Rufus asks how the traps worked. Bodhi asks about Lucas, and Rufus explains that Lucas was Ellie's first love, but he died. Bodhi asks about the well house, and Rufus says he is not allowed in there. He says that the British used to hang defectors in the well house. I doubt that Chastity, or whatever they're calling her at this point, was a British defector. So I'm assuming there's another reason for it, but don't know yet. Bodhi looks up the wellhouse in a book about uh, the town. And Chastity appears in the wellhouse photo saying she can't, that he cannot protect them. Then he throws the book and nopes the fuck out. Jackie and her thick friend walk up to Tyler and ask when he wants to meet up with them to get sponsors for the 5K. Joe told them that he wanted to help. What a lovely, nice black wingman. Jackie tells Tyler to put his number into her phone while Thick Friend comes off. 
He notices that her phone has a British flag on the back of it, and she says that she's really into England. I mean, I'm really into, like, Japanese stuff, but, you know, I don't have a fucking Japanese flag on the back of my phone, but sure. All right. Um... Tyler finds Joe again and helps him water his plants. That's not a euphemism for getting pissed on. He literally helps him water plants. Tyler complains about the high schoolers being mean to him. Yep. Maybe stop hanging out with an elderly black teacher, first of all. And Joe says he's keeping his wife's memory alive by practicing botany. I don't know why we needed this backstory, but he needed it, apparently. This was a very... Uh, I, I get it. We're going with the fact that Joe is like the surrogate father to Tyler. It seems odd that he would, like, continue to, I don't know. He's, like, really close with Tyler, and that's kind of worrisome, because Tyler's been here for, like, a few weeks at this point, and just, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Bodie wanders around and sticks gum in the locks of all the doors. I guess we'll find out about that in a little bit. Tyler is looking through Kenzie's drawers, not her panties, like, her nightside drawer table. And Bodhi tells him where to find the head key. Tyler says if Kinsey can take something out, maybe he can put something in. So he opens up the back of his head and he grabs a book, or he grabs the book about the town, and uh, throws it into what appears which is the front door of their house in Seattle. Bodhi rips out the page about the well house before he does this, of course, just in case the well house lady is still actually in it. So after Tyler chucks the book through the door, Bodhi asks when Matheson was founded, and Tyler rambles off when it was settled and founded. He asks him if that's right, and Bodhi says, I don't fucking know, you threw the book in there. He asks Bodhi if they have any books on England, which of course Jackie likes based on her cell phone cover. This is a long way to go, just to get some panties. Nina drinks some Sprite out of a coffee cup. Fucking weird. And flashes back to Rendell, talking about her making home improvements. He gives her the mug that we just saw her drinking out of, which is her present for being one year alcohol-free. He tells her he was looking for different places, different faces, and says he found the best one. She has a good cry while again drinking Sprite out of a coffee cup. This, like You poured it out of a 20-ounce bottle. Like You didn't pour it out of a liter. Whatever. Tyler and Jackie are talking, and Tyler keeps giving her London facts, but she doesn't seem to care. She's actually just a big Jane Austen fan. Well, that worked for nothing. Tyler says he will have to check it out, which means he's going to chuck another book into his head after jerking off to Jackie later. Why, if you are a Jane Austen fan, would you have the London flag on the back of your phone? Why wouldn't you have, oh, I don't know, Anything in relation to Jane Austen as your phone cover, instead of just, you know, the place she was born. Scott drives up and opens the door for Kinsey as they are at Key House. Scott asks if she has seen the sea caves where those three kids drowned, and she doesn't know about that. Hold on to your tits, lady, because that is your dad's friends. Kinsey says they have the whole place to themselves, so what, they, what should they do? There's a pause before Kinsey says, let's go to my room. Scott is hella awkward as he sits back, like, like, 
I get it. He's like awkward British high school student or whatever like that, but like you don't get many opportunities, dude. Kinsey, by the way, is sitting back on the bed, legs spread open, like giving him that look like just, just, just slip it in. Kinsey tells him to sit down and she wants to show him something. Sadly, it's not her pulling her panties to the side, but instead it's the head key which she uses on herself and freaks him the fuck out because then she appears and so does the entryway to the mall. They enter her head and she explains that key house is a bunch of magic keys. He doesn't believe her even though they're walking through an imaginary fucking mall. They enter the memory card shop and she's a card candy shop and she shows him the memory from her eighth birthday. Her dad took her to an aquarium. When they get into the memory, it's both of her parents have taken her to the aquarium. This convinces Scott that this is real, and he says that he knew magic was real, but Kenzie gets all sad and realizes that she always remembered that birthday as being just her and Rendell, but Nina was actually there as well. She talks about being sad that she blocked Nina out of her memory, and Scott cheers her up with a kiss. And then I assume that they fuck in the memory store, which I guess would be a mindfuck. Right? Right? Jackie walks up and catches Tyler renting Jane Austen from the library. Jackie says she felt like a dick for saying he wouldn't like Jane Austen. And he says maybe she was being kind of a dick for insinuating that guys wouldn't read and like Jane Austen. Which is 100% fact. Tyler says he was just going to go get some chowder from Phil's. And Jackie says, well, Bill's is better. And Tyler's like, well, Duke's in Seattle is the best in the world. Is this how people talk nowadays? Like, they, they debate the merits of a chowder from a place? Is that... Maybe it's just a, a coastal thing. Tyler comes home and tosses Kinsey some oyster crackers from Bill's. Thanks for nothing, dude. She says she is happy for him, and Tyler says he likes a new hair, and is glad taking out the fear monster made her happier. She, he admits to using the head key, and before they can continue their conversation, a few doors slam in the hallway. Cut to Bodie in the hallway, and a few more doors slam. Kinsey and Tyler meet up with Bodie, and all the lights in the hallway start to short out and break. The well lady lights the stovetop on fire so that Kinsey and Tyler will run to help Nina, which then she grabs Bodie, opens a door using the Anywhere key, and chucks Bodie into it. Tyler and Kinsey save Nina. They ask if she saw anyone, and then all three of them run to find Bodie. Uh, the only person to find him is Tyler, and we see that he is in the middle of a ring of fire on the lawn. Tyler runs to them as the wellhouse lady asks for the key. Bodie figures out that she can't take the keys from him since he's a child with it in his hand and she's a grown-ass adult, and that he actually has to willingly give it to her. I mean, I'd willingly give it to her, but... She says, I can be clever too, and leaves again thanks to the Anywhere key. Once she does, the fire goes out, and Tyler is able to grab Bodie. Kinsey and Nina are talking, and Nina wanders, wonders how the stove caught fire. Kinsey says it wasn't her fault. Nina remarks she wished Rendell was here, and then Kinsey apologizes for what she said yesterday, apparently. Apparently there was a day that passed between her being a cunt and today. And admits Nina has always been there for him. Her. Well, House Lady arrives at Sam Lesser's cell, 
She tells him she always keeps her promises. She says if they are going to be a family, she needs to be able to trust him. And then she gives him the Anywhere key so he can escape from prison. As we go, and cut to black. Good episode. Building things up now. Now, uh, we have Sam is going to be out of prison. And I guess on the run with the Wild House Lady. Also, it was weird that she says that they're going to be a family. Does that mean that, like, he gets to fuck her? Or does that mean that, like, she's his mother? Not 100% sure. But uh, it was a good episode. I'm interested to see what happens next. And, uh, yeah, we've got a couple more episodes before we're done with the season. And then season two will be upon us sometime in the near future, maybe? Anyways, thank you all for listening, and I will see you on the next one. Bye-bye.